You know, a lot of a lot of musical uh, hits. I'd say probably most of them. Songs that are written that really touch individuals. They come from real life experiences. I've heard of, you know, several of the artists that something happens and they know instantly that they need to sit down and write a song to it. And it might happen in 20 minutes when they may labor over another song, you know, weeks and weeks, and it never really gels. But that inspiration comes from a real-life experience. But it also works the other way. How many times have you and I heard a song, and I'm thinking of gospel songs right now, songs giving Him praise, that it touches us in such a way that our, at least our day is changed, if not our life. This morning, there were three songs that I underlined the titles because they go along with this message of this morning. Because He lives. We've talked about it how many times? We have talked about He lives. That stone was rolled away so people could get in, not so he could get out, because he lives. And that message is just as real today as it was then. It's just as real as when the ladies, Mary and the other ladies, came to the tomb when they saw him, the Emmaus walk, the upper room. You know, it's just as real today as it was those 40 days he stayed with the disciples. He lives. We're not worshiping a dead God. What other religion can say that their their Savior lives? Even with David, who they worship, he had a grave. And so do these others that people might worship and praise. There were graves and the bodies were laid to rest. But Jesus Christ lives. He lives not just with you and me because that that Holy Spirit that came back is with every one of us. Just as it is with those in Flagstaff that we're praying for right now. It, It is with each and every one of us. As we traveled to Stephenville and my family all gathered around there, that Spirit was there. As we would say grace over the meals, Hold hands. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. There's something about that name. His name is wonderful. Amen. There is something very special about the name of Jesus. And it is so wonderful. It is so wonderful. Blessing of the bread and cup, uh, the, the, the songs that just go on and on that are stimulating to us and they're actually a message in and of itself. I love it when sometimes the entire worship service is singing songs about Jesus Christ, lifting Him up in song 
just as David did. Just as David did, and he, he recorded them in the book of Psalms. There is a message that you and I can live with and live by. Did I just leave my Bible up there? I had a hymnal, but I didn't have my Bible. Brooke and Dunn have a song. It's, it's been out a, long, a while. And in this song, it tells about a young man that is sent over to an older man's house by his mother to take him something from time to time. Something could be an apple pie, could be a bucket of chicken, you know, but took something over there. And as he would go over there, they would have a visit. And he would sit down and listen to this man that could be at least his granddad's age tell the stories. He was talking about this gentleman had lost during World War II, he had lost his wife and his child. And this young man asked him, how do you live? When there are those situations, how do you live? And he said, he lifts his hands and he bows his head and he goes to the Lord. And he says the more he reads the words in red, the words of Jesus Christ, the more strength that he has. You know, there are those little things, little setbacks that we all have. They might be painful at the time, but in perspective with what has happened to families, maybe even your own, then these are just kind of like bumps in the highway telling you, you you got too close to the shoulder or something like that. But there are those real defining moments. A friend of mine, he and his wife lost a five-year-old child because he was in the front yard and the truck driver didn't see him. It was a guy that might be bringing bottled water around to the houses. Something like that. It could be someone bringing, cleaning. But they didn't see this little five-year-old. The man that I knew and worked with, he never went back to church again. Never went back. Now, he wasn't a, a regular anyway. But he never went back. But on the other hand, his wife was in Sunday school and church every day, every Sunday. Every Sunday. See, these events can change us pro or con because they are life-changing. I'll say that this man, I, I was blessed 
like I said, I worked with him. And we had a chance to discuss the Lord. And I found out later that he discussed more about his faith with me than he did his own wife. It could be in his hospital bed. It could be when he finally got home before he went back in the hospital. But he shared his faith with me. And I asked him if he'd like to have communion one last time. And he said he would. And so in his last few days in the hospital, he too went to the Lord from which his strength comes, which our strength comes. Because the Lord is always there, even in the most difficult times. And even though he had turned his back on the Lord, the Lord never turned his back. You and I might think we're hiding, but we're not. It's not a situation where you and a good friend got in an argument in high school and you hadn't talked since then. It's not like that. Because He is always there. He knows your every step. And He loves you as much as He ever did. And the joy would come in that you turned back to Him. And said, my Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for I have done you wrong. These events that you and I experience, in some cases there's no word other than to say they are terrible or new. The loss of a child. David lost a child. The loss of Loved ones. We see that in the Bible. We see where people turn their back on God. And yet He's always there when they turn around. In the book of Job, just a real fast skim of the first chapters in the book of Job. Job was a very wealthy man, very prosperous, and he lost, the, he lost everything. His land, his animals, the crops, his children, the home, his wife. He lost everything. And so there's that, that period of time in which there is that adjustment. Do you cry out to God in anger? Or do you go to Him on your knees? And asking Him to give you strength during that time. And have faith in Him that this is not the end. No matter how terrible. Job 40, 40 in the very first uh, three, four verses. The Lord said to Job, Will the one who contends with the Almighty, in other words, Job, correct him? In other words, Job was trying to get all over God's case and telling him all the things that he was doing wrong, and God comes back and say, will you be the one that is correcting the Creator? Let him who accuses God answer him. Then Job answered the Lord, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. But I will say... 
no more. Job, Job 42, verses 1 through 3. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of these things. I did not understand things too wonderful for me to know. You say, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Job knew what it was like. Just as you know some individuals. I have met one, one family in which two sons were lost in World War II. Two of them. Can you, you imagine the pain and, and the trauma? I mean, just a life-changing event. A life-changing event. A friend of mine in Lubbock, we worship together on a regular basis. Very successful businessman. Some of you know of the uh, co-op there in Lubbock. He was executive director with that for a number of years. Financially, everything looked good. But he had two daughters... They were both murdered in Austin, Texas. Not at the same time. It wasn't like a drive-by shooting that took them both out. He lost one, and several years later, the other one was murdered. Most families never have that. Thank you, Lord. Never have that experience but two daughters, two different times, years apart, and yet this man was always turning back to God. That is where he got his strength. Just like the man in the song, he was having those issues, and he'd raise his hand and bow his head, and he would go to the Lord. We see it in the Bible. But it's not limited to that. It's not limited to that. Because these lessons that are here are to help you and me today. Today. I don't know what you're experiencing right now, but you're experiencing some issues that are difficult. And as I look around, I know some of you have had issues that were just just almost unbearable if it hadn't been for you and God. But the more we read his book, the more we get our strength and our guidance. As they said in the song, the more I read the words in red, listen to what Jesus has said to me, the stronger I will be. So frequently, I make reference to the 23rd Psalms in which it says, Yea, though I walk through, through, underline it, capitalize it, 
through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Always and always. In the book of Acts, the third chapter, Paul and, and Silas are arrested because they're preaching the word. After they're arrested, they are beaten, they are flogged, and then they're thrown into jail. In jail, they are handcuffed, they're ankle cuffed, and they're, the guard is told to not to let anything happen. Make sure these guys stay restricted in their cells. During the night, there is a great earthquake. Everything is shaking, and when it quits shaking, Silas and Paul's chains drop to the ground, and the door to the cell is opened. The guard, after getting himself pulled together, looked and saw the doors open, started reaching for his sword to take his own life, and Paul told him not to. He says, we are here. Don't harm yourself. We are here. Jesus Christ was with Paul and Silas. And through this difficult experience, they were witnessing for Jesus Christ because nothing could, could turn them away from preaching the Word of God. Nothing could. They had a mission. And no matter what the obstacles were, and no matter what the obstacles are in our life, today, last year, next year, we're going to experience it. You're going to sit by someone you love, by their bed for days, days and nights, and not know where the journey ends, but knowing that each and every day you're going to be praying. You're going to be going to the Lord, and there is a special peace in knowing that you are not there alone. It doesn't make any difference if there's friends coming in and out, family coming in and out. The one that you go to, the one that gives you comfort is Jesus Christ. He is the one. He is the one. After Jesus was baptized, He goes off into the wilderness. You know the story. And while in the wilderness... He is tempted by the devil. This should be an example for you and for me. The first time, Jesus answered, and by the way, these are in red letters. It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is written. The second time Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written. The third time Jesus said to the devil, away from me Satan, 
For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. It is written. Unless we read His Word, we do not know what's written. I commend all of you from coming into the house of the Lord on such a regular basis. We study together. We we grow together. We love each other. There's strength in this bond. A family that is different than the family that I met with in Huckabee. As sacred as that is, and I'm not saying one's better than the other one, it is sacred, it is fantastic, but so is it when I get to come back to you. For you are my family. Y'all have let me know of your love. Go back to my story. When uh, I got to Lubbock, and part of this I've shared with you, but I'll repeat just a little bit. When I got to Lubbock, then uh, the uh, gastroenterologist tried to put a scope down my stomach and find out where I was bleeding. And there was so much blood in there, he could not find it. And he tried it a second time, like the next morning. And he still couldn't. So they put me into a medically induced coma for four, five days. I have to go to my family and ask them what took place during that part of my life. But at one point in time in there, I felt my body being weightless. And I was being, kind of like you see these magicians that raise these people from a board. I was being raised up from that hospital bed. It was the most wonderful feeling. Now, I never saw any lights, but I could feel my body lifting. That was the first time. And I don't know how much time was between the first time and the second time. It might have been just bam, bam. Or it might have been two days difference. I don't know. But the second time that I felt this, I was aware of somebody being in the room with me. And uh, I figured it was the doctor. And I wasn't all the way down. I could feel myself coming back down. But it was like he was leaving the room. And I wanted to ask him this question before he did. And I asked him, am I going to die? He said, no. We've turned it around. You're going to be okay. And then... The doctor left the room. I found out later that once they removed the tube out of my mouth and my stomach, the only talking I could do was in a whisper. And it was so soft to be heard 
the individuals had to put their ear next to my mouth. And Jim pointed out to me that probably wasn't a doctor. You see, my conversation with him was like my conversation to you, with you right now. I wasn't whispering. He wasn't whispering. And there was no doctor in there. But there was a doctor. There was the Holy Spirit that was there with me and assuring me that I was going to be okay. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was assuring His followers, you're not going to die. You're going to be okay. There'll be some day that we'll all give up this flesh, but we're going to be okay. We'll be okay. For the place that is already reserved for you and for me is nothing less than paradise. For where Jesus Christ is, there is no suffering, pain, nothing but joy and happiness waiting for the believers in Jesus Christ. If anyone would like to come forward and rededicate their life today, rededicate their life to Jesus Christ, and I always emphasize that this is so much more than committing yourself to a church, like First Christian Church, similar to God. This is so much more important because you are committing yourself to Jesus Christ Himself. Committing your life in such a way that you are saying, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. And I will follow Him. I will follow Him for the remainder of my physical life.